You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash Whenever you want, it call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 208 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Some playoff action. The Leafs, once again, heading home. Eliminated in Game 7 by the Tampa Bay Lightning, I am told. I'm actually recording this at like 9.45 Saturday night, so uh, I briefly saw the score come across. Man, what do you do in Toronto? I mean, you just can't get it done. I mean, you get the league's leading goal scorer, and I don't know. I mean, they did lose to Tampa Bay. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, you know. I like I said I haven't I didn't watch the game or anything obviously but uh, just kind of quickly scrolling on social media before I got on here and you know of course it's all you know Leaf Nation they're all you know crying and everything else but you know when you play the defending champs I mean that's 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 a tough 
that's a tough, uh, you know, I don't give a shit what the seasons are, you know, what the record during the year was or anything. At the end of the day, the defended champs are the defended champs, right? So, um, you know, that's a tough draw in the first round. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, not that I'm making excuses for the Leafs. I could actually, I could give a shit who wins. Doesn't matter to me, but, um, yeah, but I know, I know I work with a few cats that are going to be really upset Monday. Um, but yeah, a bunch of game sevens tonight. Um, oh, Carolina won. It's like, oh, they're such nerds. They better not get past, they better not get past the second round, I'm telling you. Those freaking geeks. Did they do a surge thing after they won? Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, folks. Um, uh, well, I'll do this first, and then we we can talk about some things. I've got a few things to talk about today. I won't keep you for very long. Um, still kind of battling my uh, my allergies here and my throat irritation. Although I actually I think I, you know, I probably don't sound as nasally as I did on Wednesday, but uh, I don't know if I. I would say have the smooth, silky sound, uh, NPR radio. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have that. Uh, <laughs> I had the best of times, but uh, anyway, what am I? I'm rambling here. Uh, remember the Hockey Podcast Network? There's over 50 shows in the network. Uh, all the NHL teams are represented. Whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Well, then they're going to be down to a few few less shows here after uh, after tonight. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, there there is a show for you, whatever team you're a fan of. For my off-network friends, of course, oh, well, five for fighting there. Old Salem just came out with an interview with Anthony Collins, East Coast League tough guy. Uh, really good interview. Really enjoyed it. Um, if You know, as much as it pains me to put over the five for fighting show, Alec does a good job, I'll tell you. He's got a really good back catalog. Segroy, Yablonski, Rob Ray. Yeah. He's training the dog right now, old... old uh, Old Gates, the the dog, puppy, being a little bastard though. Apparently, yeah, not liking the crate too much. I said, well, as long as the dog eats eats them friggin' Crocs that Alex wears, I'll 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 be uh, I'll, I'm all good with 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 little Gates. <laughs> um, actually, if you happen to be on YouTube, check out Alec channel. Um, not only does he have some sound bites from a different sh- from his shows, but he's also got all the East Coast League fights from this year up. Uh, hey, despite what, uh, what, what Goofy says there in the comment section, it's just classic. Alec and I were talking about this and I'm like, oh, don't even get me started on the YouTube comment section. But here's Alec. He, he has the East Coast League package, internet package, has all the games. He record, he goes through the box scores, finds the fights, clips them off. Uploads them, blah blah blah. We've been doing it all season. Some clown. Here, hold on, hold on. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, Zachary Wallen. You're a goof. You're a fucking loser. Yeah, reading your comments. Um, Alec has posted about three hundred. And 50 fights from the East Coast League this year. And this guy's upset that he didn't have the Saturday night, uh, the Saturday night fights up yet. 
So here's this guy. He comes on a on a on the meet on a free medium, and starts bitching to a guy who has put up fights for for free. Zachary, you to friggin' sponge off of and look at all year. But he didn't get the fights up from the weekend, whatever team this dork's a fan of. He didn't get the two fights up fast enough. So now this guy's complaining about Alex Page. Like, are you serious? And then he's called Alec a homer and whatever. And it's just like, it's absolutely amazing to me. Amazing to me that people still have the fucking nerve to complain on YouTube. About about fight clips and stuff. It's like the fight message board. You'll put up a fight. Ah, it's too bad the quality wasn't better. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, how about you put yours up? Well, I don't have it. Well, then maybe shut up, you goof. So okay, so if I didn't put this up, so you'd rather not see it? Like, is that what you're? I don't see anyone else putting it up. I'm trying to think what fight I put up once. Um. It was a junior fight. Like, it's not on the internet. It was, it's, no one has it. So I uploaded it. Oh yeah, and it, like, it's from some game tape from like 1986. It was like some Medicine Hat Tiger fight from like 1986. Actually, pardon me, now that I'm saying it, uh, yeah, it was. It was Churla versus Baumgartner from like 1985, 1986 Western Hockey League. And the quality's like, like you can see who, like, yeah, you know, is it HD? Well, no. You know, I'm pretty sure the Communiplex in, P- in PA didn't have that back then. But this guy's, yeah, it's too bad the quality is a little grainy. Kind of the shits. Oh, okay. So I, I just typed to the guy. I'm like, well, how about you put your your uh, version of it up then if it's better? Well, I don't have it. Well, then, but you'll complain. So if I didn't put it up, you you would have never seen it. <laughs> it's like what? What? And it's free. Like it's not like you paid for this to see it. So somebody takes time out of their. I'm not just saying me, but like just YouTube creators in general take time out of their day. Like Alec putting up his those take costs money. It's not like the East Coast League package was free, so he has to pay for it. Takes the time out to read the box scores, find the fights, go to the thing. Clip them off, upload them, all for some strangers for free. And then because he didn't get your team's fights up on a Saturday night up fast enough for you, you have the nerve to send him complaints? Shove it up your ass, buddy. Like Alex said, I, I, it's too bad. He goes, I really wish there was like, I had the power to like friggin' block this guy, like on Twitter or something, like block the IP address so he can never see any of my videos again. So never mind the 350 videos that he put up during the year. He didn't get these two up. He didn't get the two playoff fights up within 48 hours for me. So, you know why? Cause he doesn't like my team. He's a homer for Florida. What? Like, oh, and, and it's a shame and it's, and and I've said this on here before and I'll say it again. I mean, I know creators that have YouTube channels that don't do it anymore. 
for this exact reason. Why the Zacharies of the world drive these guys away. Because, like I said, especially, like, yeah, they dig out their DVD collections, their VHS collections, whatever. They take the time to upload fights in many cases that no one has seen. I mean, outside of fight collectors, which is, you know, the other 98% of the world, 99% of the world. Uh, you know, and then you have these clowns bitching that, oh, the fight sucked, or the quality wasn't good, or the angle was shitty, or... Like, something to bitch about. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling to me. How how you could type that with a straight face and, like, not feel embarrassed by that. Like, Zachary Wall in here. How how are you not embarrassed right now, you fucking loser? Like, I noticed he didn't reply back to me, you goof. But just... If anybody listening knows him, could you send him a message and, like, make fun of him for us? And, like, chastise him? But seriously, and then, and, but then these, but then people wonder why guys with YouTube channels shut them down or people that were on Twitter or on social media at one time that like to upload pictures or stuff, they don't do it anymore. Cause for that reason, why? Why, why bother? Like, like people aren't getting paid for this. Like, I don't like putting up a fight. I don't owe you anything. Like, Alec doesn't owe Zach anything to put up fight clips. Like, all of a sudden, it's Alec's job what to put every fight that happens up in the East Coast League up on his channel because he owes that to you or something. But here's the same clown that never pays for anything. You're a skid mark. You're a loser. What have you done? What channel do you have? What creation have you put out in the world? Nothing. But you'll sit there and on your phone and, and complain. Like, I don't know. That's like, it's like people that complain about like podcasts or whatever. Like, that's fine. Like, whatever. I mean, I've had complaints about my show. That okay. That's fine. Everybody has the right to... I like that show better than this show. Or I don't think that show is very good. Okay, that's your opinion. That's fine. But no one's getting paid... Well, in general, no one's getting paid for this shit. No one's forcing you to listen. I don't know. I just... I just have this thing lately. It's like... I mean, it's one thing if it's a business or whatever, and, and, and they're not doing their service, and you go and complain. Yeah, all right, you know, whatever. But I don't know, like, just on social media or just YouTube and stuff. And just, maybe from these last few years of, of doing this show and doing a, having a YouTube channel and being an air quote creator, I guess I have a different view of it now. Not that I ever complained before. I wouldn't have done that. But it's just... To go onto a uh, onto a, something that's free and complain about it to me seems asinine, and and it always seems to me the ones that are complaining are the ones that aren't creating anything. Like, well, for an example, and like I said, I've had criticisms of my show. I've had people email me or whatever and say they didn't like my show or your show sucked or whatever. Yeah, okay, fine, but. Um, I got, well, this is all, yeah, 
I, I guess this is a whole thing here. I, I went from, inter- from from doing sponsors and, and talking about shows, Five for Fighting podcast, to ranting about this. Um, well, here, I, before I... I'll wrap up here. Check out Alex's show. He does a great job, the Five for Fighting podcast. Check out his YouTube channel. Also, of course, we got Broadway Joe Lazito. Gary Lazito! At the Coliseum Chronicles podcast. It's a New York Islander enforcer podcast. Um, Joe's latest episode is the, the Islanders, uh, year in review. Uh, again, Joe, tremendous back catalog, Fakoda, Asham, Strudwig, Bolton, definitely give it a listen. Um, I know Joe's battling right now for not only to get guests, uh, as we all are seem to be lately, um, but just time, um, you know, with work and just life in general and everything, it's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, now, especially with the weather better and people getting out and as soon as you get time off, no one wants to be, you know, stuck in the basement yelling at a microphone, right? You have things to go and family commitments and everything else. So, um, it, it's a grind. And, um, <coughs> so I know Joe's having a, having a tough time with that, but, uh, but definitely, uh, give Joe a support Joe out there at Carnegie Hall. Um, definitely. Give the Coliseum Chronicles podcast a listen. Broadway Joe Lazito. Give it a Lazito. Um, okay. To continue with my thought here. I mean, I, I've had comments like Zachary's there on my YouTube channel for years. And like I said, you're, or you post a fight up, as I said, and people complain about the quality and what have you. And Alec, was it Alec I was talking with? The, now I can't remember who I was talking to with this about. But anyway, um, I had gotten a... Uh, an email uh, about a, uh, a couple weeks back, maybe a month ago, and uh, I don't think I've shit. That's the problem, folks. I will say this right off the top: um, when you do two episodes a week, um, to be completely honest, shit starts running together after a while, and I can't remember what story, what stories I've told, and what stories I haven't told. So, uh, if I repeat myself, please, I apologize. Um, I don't think I've told this though, because um, uh, when I got it, um, one I, I found the email kind of amusing, but at the same time, as I thought about it, no, it wasn't that I got mad. <coughs> That's not the right word. Um, I'm not even upset. I'm, like you just kind of okay, just sort of throw up your hands and just whatever, but. I think it was more just, um, yeah, yeah, again, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. It's, like I said, it's late here and I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to say this is thrown together at the last minute because I do have a few topics on hand that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about all time playoff penalty minute leaders and then I have the toughest New Jersey Devils. Timmy, I got a list. Tim, I got a list. Tim's pumped. Um, but before I get into that, um, and I'll talk about Ice Wars briefly. Um, no, this letter I got was, um, I was trying, see, the thing is, I was trying to find it, but I, I can't, I think I, I must have deleted it. Um, anyway, the gist of the, the email was that he had listened to my show for a while, and, um, since due to my lack of interviews lately, he feels cheated. Oh, he subscribed to my channel on Spotify, and as a regular subscriber, he goes, I appreciate the time that you've put into the show. Or you go, and 
the fact that I'm paraphrasing, but it was just like, I appreciate the fact you do two shows a week, blah, blah, blah. But, um, the fact that you're doing far too many solo episodes and he's like, I can't remember what, but something like I was not redundant, but he's like, I, I find you boring. What was the word? Tedious, boring and tedious at times. And I feel cheated having listened to your show for so long. I feel cheated these last couple months. So I'm just letting you know, continued whatever, good luck with your show, but I will no longer be a listener. Okay. Which was fine. I, you know, thanks for listening, man. Um, but the only thing that bugged me about that was his comment about feeling cheated. How did I cheat you? I'm not, this is free. This is a free medium. I've never charged anybody. I don't have a Patreon. Like, like I said, I guess if like some people have shows and then they do extra content and you, and they charge people for it or whatever. Okay. I get that part. Like, I guess if I was doing that, you could be upset by it. I'm like, okay, I, I supply you two to three, four hours sometimes a week of content for the last two almost three years and then you come back with you feel cheated it was sort of I, I, I don't know I, I again I'm not saying you kiss my ass or anything like that and if you don't want to listen to the show anymore or you think the show's gone downhill or what have you okay I mean like I said everyone has their I mean I know there's a million things to listen to and, and all that That's I'm not saying anything like that I think it was just the tone of the email and the fact that, like I said, I guess I'm getting hung up on the on the phrasing, but it goes like to. I just I got really irritated when when I heard the word cheated, because I and I'm again I'm just this is from my point of view, from my but I know I've talked to other people. I know what goes into making a obviously I know what goes into making a podcast, the time that goes in. That we put in. Now again, it's our choice. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I get all that. I, I don't need to do this. I get it. I've done this to myself. I've said I would do two shows a week and I've provided that. I understand that's all on me. No one is forcing me to do this. This is not, that's not what I'm saying. I was just saying that the amount of time that goes into this and when I have guests on, again, I know that many shows do this far better than I do. I'm just saying, from my point of view, every time I have a guest on, um, I prepare. I would like to think my interviews are informative. I turn over all the stones. I get all the information. I do the best I can for you guys. I'm very uh, aware of the fact that um, I always try to I, I, it's, I, you know, and some interviews have gone better than others and all that, but it, I've always tried to be prepared and do my best for you guys, the listeners, whether it be with a player or a fight fan, I try to make the interview entertaining, fun to listen to, informative, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I, I'd like to think I've now some of the solo episodes, <coughs> have been recorded late at night, or maybe I had a few drinks in me, whatever. And I won't lie, some of the episodes have, I don't want to say mailed in, because I've come up with stuff and whatever. 
But, yes, some of the episodes haven't been as good as others. Life gets in the way sometimes. And sometimes I just don't have time to prepare for a solo episode. But I haven't done that with a guest. I never will do that with a guest. I've made that promise since day one. I will always be prepared when I have a guest on. And after 208 episodes, I think I can still confidently say that I've done that. Now, again, how they answer some of the questions, that's not, that's up to the, to the player. That's not, there's not much I could do about that. But some have been better than others without a doubt. Anyway, um, so to do all that, and like I said, come out with two shows a week. I do my best for, for the guys. I know I have a hard, I have a, a, a very core followers group of followers, which I greatly, I've always, I greatly appreciate all you guys. I get lots of messages from you guys all the time and it's been, it's been awesome. Um, and that's the reason I do this. Um, this isn't for my benefit. Um, I just enjoy talking to people, fellow fight fans, to players and what have you. And I like getting down here and hitting record and yapping away like I'm doing right now. I enjoy this. Um, anyway, I'm, I know I'm babbling here. Uh, pardon me, but Anyway, so when somebody uses the term cheated, um, yeah, I was actually really irritated by that. And, uh, well, I guess he does not listening, so he can't hear my response. Um, I emailed the response to him anyway. Um, you know, and like I said, I respected that that was fine that he listened. I appreciate that he listened to what he did. And, and I, 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 again, I'm not, this goes back to, I'm, I'm not sure what, in his mind, what the reason for emailing me out of the blue to tell me that he's not listening anymore and that he felt cheated, whatever. Again, you didn't pay for anything. So I'm really not sure what the, I guess you just wanted to feel like you wanted to bitch about something, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, I, again, I don't, I, I guess this, this kind of story has no ending. It's just, I just, I, I didn't appreciate the term and, uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, and like I said, if, if people are going to stop listening, that, that, you know, that sucks. I hate losing listeners and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, you know, it's not, it, but you know, at the same time, this isn't an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. Like, I don't know, just go find something else to listen to, I guess. I, you know, I like, I don't know. Like I said, you're not paying for this service or anything. I don't owe you any, I don't owe, that's the thing is, I don't owe you anything. I don't owe the listeners anything. I mean, well, that's not true. I take that back. If he, I've always said, if people are going to take time to tune in and take time out of their lives to listen, out of all the millions of podcasts that are out there, I think I do owe it to them to put out a somewhat, you know, a solid pro, at least try. And I have talked to some people, and like I said, being in the podcast world, and I've talked to other people, um, there are some shows that I think uh, don't try, and they mail it in. I'm not going to call out any, but doesn't, whatever. Um, I've had some people tell me they have. They don't care or whatever. But um, So I, I think if you're going to... I guess it would, if it's solo up, whatever, but I think at this point, if you've been around long enough and you have subscribers and you have people that, um, you know, they're there every week with you, I, you do owe it to them, uh, to at least, uh, to put something out and, uh, you know, let it be judged. But I think, 
you know, like you said, if you're, if you're, you have people taking out time out of their lives to listen, I think you, uh, well, I mean, I guess if you're going to do this, I don't know, if you're going to take the time on all the time that it takes to do this, I mean, you should probably attempt to do it right. I mean, whatever right means, but I don't know. I guess, I guess like I said, I, I guess I'm talking in circles here, but, um, yeah, I was just, uh, the last, the last couple weeks have been, have been, uh, you know, between a few letters and, and, uh, a few fellow podcasters, um, like I said, with Alec and just, uh, receiving that, those comments and stuff have really kind of gotten the ire up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I just, like I said, there's nothing wrong with airing. Hey, I'd like, I always say, I, I enjoy hearing the, the constructive criticism. If you guys, like I said, hockey fights at hotmail.com. If you have something to say, or if you're on social media, fourth line voice on Twitter and Facebook, send me a private message. Let me know what you'd want to hear, what I'm doing that you don't like, what I, you, what you'd like me to do, whatever. I'd like to hear from all you guys. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. I love the feedback. Uh, good pot, like I said, good, bad or otherwise. But at the same time, I think there's, um, uh, I think recognize, not just, I'm not saying this for myself, but just in general w- with people with YouTube channels or Facebook groups or whatever, these guys, yes, it was created for you guys. It didn't cost you anything or any, uh, it's very easy to complain in this world. And, and I think a lot of times it's very unwarranted. Um, like I said, if it's a business, you want to complain about Walmart or whatever. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a business. This is completely different. Um, you know, this is just somebody taking out time out of their life. It's a hobby or whatever to do this. I don't know. To go shit on them seems a little, I don't know, petty to me. You could just, you know, whatever, stop listening or unsubscribe to their channel or what have you. Um, you know, I don't know. Again, guys, sorry, I guess I'm just, I'm ranting here in the night, but, um, yeah, it's just, every once in a while you get comments or stuff that, like I said, most of the time we could get, you know, water off the back, but every once in a while something sticks in your craw, and it's just like, you motherfucker, really? Cheated? So, I gotta say, yeah, I was a little irritated with that one. And then when I saw old Zachary here complaining to Alec about, on YouTube, which is just recently, I've had a million of those too, but it just sort of, it just bugs me when on a free medium and people are still complaining about something that they otherwise never would have seen. Like if there's 17 versions of Probert versus Crowder and you want to tell me mine sucks, well, okay, fine then, you know, whatever. But if Alec didn't put up those fights from this year, where are you going to see it? Hockeyface.com, I don't think puts them up. So, you'd rather not see them? Like, okay. You know, or hey, how about this? How about you buck up and do it yourself then? Like I said, I, I, I noticed the people that complain in shirt, the ones that are complaining never have their own stuff though. They never have their own channels, their own pages created or anything. Their own podcast, nothing. No. You just, you know, like I said, you're out in the weeds just bitching to bitch. And it's just like, come on, man. Like whatever anyway enough of that like I said it was just sort of a a gripe here um folks I hope in the last uh, few episodes I've had a few of the competitors on from the upcoming ice wars contest 
fight tournament that's going to happen in Edmonton here next weekend. May long weekend here in, in Canada. Uh, I am actually going to be down there and be a part of it. Uh, well, I'm not fighting, but I'm going to be in attendance at that. Uh, at the Ice Wars event. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing a lot of the guys down there. Um, actually, should be some good, maybe some good networking uh, for the fourth line voice. Run into a few of the guys. Maybe I can talk a few people into. Oh yeah, I can con a few of them to come on the show. But um, I always enjoy Edmonton anyway. Get down there, Graffer. Hopefully, see the boys down there. It'll be fun. But um, I've had a, uh, I've had Curtis Swanson on, Chase Tippin, Justin Sawyer was my latest guest. Um, I guess I will have one more show before the event. Um, I'm hoping to have a guest on Wednesday's show. That's going to be a, one of the fighters uh, from the tournament. Hopefully they'll be on for Wednesday. And um, But yes, if anybody's interested in that, it is going to be on pay-per-view on Fight TV. Uh, it's just like 20 bucks. Get a few of the boys over for some beers. Watch a fight tournament. It's an eight-man tournament. Uh, much like, again, the Hockey Enforcer Black and Blue tournament that was in 2004 in Prince George. As well as the Ice Warriors that was in Finland in 2000. I keep I, I should really look up the year. I, I, I keep wanting to say 2010. 2011? It was around there. But check. It's on YouTube. Um, definitely uh, tune in. It's going to be a spectacle, without a doubt. And, uh, I mean, I've seen the, um, you know, the negative press about it and everything else. I mean, the media will have a field day bitching about this. But, uh, you know, and I've seen some hockey fight fans in, in the different forums complaining about it. Not so much complain about it, but just how stupid it is and whatever. And, eh, you know, I get it's not everybody's cup of tea, but um, it's certainly something different. And, uh, you know, uh, it'll be a unique event anyway. And I know, as I said, there's eight guys in the tournament, and then there's going to be a couple one-off fights. Um, I think there's going to be two or three just single bouts too. So it'll be a night of the fights anyway, and for 20 bucks, it's 20 bucks. What's $20? Uh, you, like I said, get a few of the boys down in the basement and, Hoot and holler and 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 have a good uh, have a have a good night watching it. So, um, fight TV twenty dollars. Like I said, Daniel Amesbury, uh, Chase Tippin, uh, Justin Sawyer, Hunter Warner, a bunch of guys. Definitely check it out. Um, well, as I said, we're in the playoffs here, we're closing in on the beginning of the second round. Um, were you wondering? Who is the all-time NHL playoff penalty minute leader? I'm giving you time here. I should get the I should have got the Jeopardy theme song to play. Well, the number one all-time playoff NHL playoff penalty minute leader uh, in 186 games, 731 minutes and penalties would be Dale Hunter. Number two was Chris Nyland, 111 career playoff games, 541 minutes. Man, 541, 731. That's that's quite the lead for that old Dale Hunter has. Um, number three, Claude Lemieux, 234 career games, 529 minutes. Number four was Rick Tockett, 145 games, 471. Willie Plett, 83 games, 466. Uh, number six, Tiger Williams, 83 games, 455. This would surprise me. Seventh all-time playoff penalty minute leader, Glenn Anderson. Um, 225 games, 442 minutes. Number eight was Tim Hunter, 132 career games, 426. Number nine, Chris Chelios, 266 games, 423 minutes. And finally, number 10, 
Dave the Hammer Schultz, 73 games, 412 playoff penalty minutes. So there you go. But Dale Hunter, 731 minutes and 186 games. Uh, yeah, safe to say that will be uh, a record probably never broken. Um, but that's like even 186 playoff games, man. That's, you know, that's uh, it's a long time. And a lot of minutes. I was just, I was curious. I, I was, I was surprised to see, I mean, actually I was surprised that there weren't more Oilers on the list. Um, just, just due to the fact, and actually now that I'm looking at the Islanders as well, um, just due to the fact that they had played, um, so many, so many games, um, you would have just thought they'd have more. I don't know why. I thought, I thought like Samanko or McSorley or I'm actually really surprised Marty's not on this list. I think as I was, I think he was like 15. He was on there somewhere. He's like 15th or something, but I thought he would have been higher for sure. But, um, yeah, there you go. Dale Hunter first all time in NHL playoff his penalty minute history. But now to get into the list, I haven't done a list for a while. Um, and like I said, uh, I've, I've done so many over these last couple years here that I've done the show. I'm really, um, I can't remember what, to be completely honest, I can't remember what teams I've done. What team, I mean, I know I've done the Bruins and the Flyers and stuff like that, but I don't know if I've done the Devils. And like I said, I had articles sent to me and I would save them and, um, after I'm done, I just delete them, right? So I can't, I never kept my folder of all the stuff I did. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure, like, if I typed in toughest flyers of all time, there's probably 20 lists. So, I mean, I might be doubling up. Maybe I've done a New Jersey Devils one before, but I, I don't remember, folks, to be completely honest. And like I said, if it, I mean, it hasn't been recently, if I have. So, um, I'm sure. You know, we got new listeners and it'll be new to you anyway. But today's list will be the top five greatest enforcers in New Jersey Devils history. Um, so let's, let's get into it, shall we? Um, it was, well, it was a little, article a little bit older, February 5th, 2013. Carl Stofers is the author. Okay, let's get into it here. <clears throat> Again, sorry folks for my allergy-sounding nasally voice here. Um, I'm probably sounding like Darth Vader, as I really can't breathe through my nose, so I'm kind of doing a lot of... <laughs> although I've been accused of being a mouth breather before, so... Alright. Five greatest enforcers in devil history. They're often the unsung heroes of hockey, the guys who get a little glory and do the dirty work so the stars can shine. Wayne Gretzky w- was only able to be Wayne Gretzky because of Semenko and later Marty McSorley. Anyone who messes with the slightly built great one would have to answer to the most feared men in hockey. The Devils have had their share of enforcers come and go over the course of 30 plus seasons in existence. Watching the backs of New Jersey skilled players is a long list of men, some famous, others fleeting. Here are the five greatest enforcers in Devils history. All right. And again, folks, as I always say with these lists, um, I have not gone over these lists ahead of time. Um, so this is all new. 
I'm I'm discovering these lists with you. So we'll see. I always say with these lists, um, I, I don't want to. I always kind of hope they're kind of shitty because then it's just funnier. But let's have a look. All right, number five, Troy Crowder. Troy Crowder only played two seasons in New Jersey, racking up 205 minutes in 69 games. He was a big physical guy and has made this list based on the beating he administered to none other than legendary Bob Probert in October 4th, 1990. Um, uh, beating is a bit of a stretch. Um, did he win? Yes. Did he pound or destroy Probert? No. But, um, uh, I, I've, well, I won't go on and on about this. I've had, a, I did a whole, well, not a whole episode, but I did a whole segment of an episode, uh, what I called back when I would do a myth versus reality. And I did one on Troy Crowder. Um, to me, Troy Crowder, you know, big tough guy, unfortunately battled the injuries. Um, never was really in love with the role. He always kind of had mentally battled the role. He's, this isn't just me speculating. He has said this, um, you know, he always had tough coming, had a tough time coming to grips with the role, um, which is completely understandable. Um, I've always felt Troy Crowder is, um, his, his, whatever you want to call it, his, um, place in, in Forrester lore, um, to me is greatly exaggerated. Um, as I've always said, I think in, in Troy Crowder's career, to me, he had four big fights and that's it. Um, he had the big knockout of Chikrin, which was vicious. Well, he had the big win with Probert, obviously number one. He had the big win over Chikrin, number two. Uh, the big beating of Cox, three. And then four, I don't know, the rematch with Probert. I mean, I, I mean, what, what am I missing outside of that? Um, like, he had 18 fights, I think, something like that, the one year, and most of them were just uneventful draws, really. Um, you know, like Berube, and, I mean, Kimball beat him. I mean, you know, Miller had a good fight with him. Cordick had a good fight with him in his first calls up, call-ups. Um, I don't know, outside of that, I mean, yeah, he beat up Tony Horacek a few times, eh, you know. Um, again, I'm not trying to, like, shit on Troy Crowder's career or anything like that, but I think it's, and, and I, hey, I've had this argument with Steve. Um, we go back and forth, but we've gone back and forth about it. Um, the impact he had at that, in that time, in that season, the 90-91 year, yes, <clears throat> he had a, he had an impact that year. But after that, you know, he got traded, got hurt, was with Detroit, then with, uh, you know, what Phoenix and Vancouver and it's just you know, uneventful and, um, you know, and it's too bad, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I've never got the Troy Crowder thing. I mean, he had his moment in the sun cutting Probert. Um, but even then, I mean, you go back and watch the fight. It's, you know, it's, and I mean, again, he's an unknown rookie and stuff. So I get the, the hype of it and the theater of it and all that. I understand that. But when you just break it down to A versus B, let's watch the fight. I don't know. Like, go watch it after you're done listening to the list here. You know, they're going pretty good. Prober gets a shirt stuck over his head, gets cut. 
just kind of steps on the, I'm again, I'm not making excuses for Probert. I'm not saying he won the fight. But as soon as the jersey comes off, you know, this one Probert usually would start gaining momentum, whatever the refs get in there. Well, I think premature stoppage in my opinion. But at the same time, did Crowder win? Yes. I'm, I'm not saying he didn't. But this was it some huge, massive, one-sided beating? Nah, you know. I mean, I've seen worse beatings. Probert's taken worse beatings. But um, but it was, you know, he caught him and it was a big deal. Rookie out of nowhere. So I get the whole, I get it all. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I've, I've spent way too much time talking about Troy Crowder when I've already done this. But, anyway, Crowder at number five. All right. Number four, Scott, hmm, Scott Stevens. Um, I kind of had a feeling he was going to be on the list. Again, uh, oh, well, here, right in this thing. Okay, I'm going to catch a lot of grief for this one. I know Stevens wasn't an enforcer in a traditional sense. He wasn't particularly skilled fighter, didn't fight often, especially towards the end of his career. These are all, yes. But Stevens kept the opponents honest by dishing out brutal and, and brackets and clean hits. Well, it can be argued about clean sometimes, but... When Stevens on the ice, New Jersey opponents thought twice about taking shots at their skilled players. The Hall of Famer protected his teammates with his shoulders and not his fists. Um, yeah, that's probably true to some extent. I mean, you definitely knew when Stevens was on the ice, or you should know when Stevens was on the ice because he would hit you. Um, this guy is correct. Um, especially by the time he got to New Jersey, Stevens had really stopped fighting. When he was in Washington, early on in his career, Stevens did do a lot of fighting. I can't remember how many career fights he has. I want to say 115, something like that, I believe. Something like that. Um, but his fight card's pretty solid. I mean, he's fought Dave Brown a few times, Probert. Um, had a pretty good win against Jay Miller. Um, again, was Stevens a great fighter? Nah, not really. He's just really strong. And, you know, was he, you know, I'm not claiming Stevens is a great fighter or anything. Um I've heard, well, I've had this debate many times that he was a spot picker. Well, he certainly wasn't a spot picker when you go look at his fight card. Um, I know some people have claimed, and Ty Domi has come out and said that Stevens is checking, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, Stevens is the captain and the first line defenseman. Why would he fight Ty Domi? Um, you know, there is that argument to be had. Um, when New Jersey at the time had, you know, all, what, Daniels and McKay and Peluso and these guys, why, that's their job to fight Ty Domi, not Scott Stevens. Um, you know, at the same time, I could imagine playing against him would be rather frustrating as he throws the hits and then, yeah, he won't fight you or whatever, but, so I get it, but, uh, you know, was Scott Stevens, in air quotes, a chicken shit? Uh, no, not when you look at his fight card and stuff, but, uh, uh, if you're doing a list of it, I get what this guy's saying, and like he even said it in his thing here, but, um, you know, for the fact that, for the exercises of enforcers, no, I wouldn't have put him on here. But I get where he's going with it. Number three. Ah, there you go. Christoph Oliwa. Nicknamed Polish Hammer, big left wing, broke in the NHL with the Devils. Uh, resident, resident tough guy for the next three seasons. Um, left after the 2000 season, his name is engraved in the Stanley Cup. Wound up in Columbus, where bouncing around the NHL with four different teams, and returned to New Jersey in 05-06 for three uneventful games. Only was total 720 minutes in 210 games. Um, yeah, only was one of those guys. It's interesting. I think he gets forgotten about by a lot of people, and uh, he was a big dude, man. Yes, well, 6'5", 245. Yeah, he was a big dude. He had some solid seasons in New Jersey. Um, uh, I like I'm I'm guilty as anybody. I, not that I forget about Ola. Well, I do forget about Ola sometimes, but um, 
I was what? What was I doing? It was an Albany DVD. I was watching an Albany DVD, and uh, man, they had some tough teams down there in the River Rats, but <coughs> and they had uh, it was like him and like Reed Simpson and Kale Hulse, and um, yeah, just a, just a really tough lineup. And uh, Oliwa was just man, he was solid. Bat man, he had some great fights with Barish and stuff, and yeah, I was. Um, yeah, he was a bad dude, man. Um, I know he bounced around, and I think he had some injury issues, and uh, I think some off ice issues too uh, that we don't need to get into. Um, but uh, yeah, when he was first, when he was first in New Jersey, and he kind of got humming there. Um, yeah, and, and especially for a guy like that to come, um, you know, in the junior system that he did. I mean, they didn't fight obviously in Poland. It wasn't like they were fighting over in their junior systems. Um, you know, so for him to come over and play pro, uh, like he did and basically, you know, you're that size. And I think, uh, Yuka and I kind of talk about the European, the European player, like you said, you don't know the language, you've never really done it. Now you come over to North America and you immediately get put into that role and at that size that he was, and it's like, okay, yeah, you're fighting now. And again, this is like, you know, early nineties when back then the Amer- East coast, the American league, that was like a jungle. You know, it was like every team had killers. And you're over here and like, you're a big dude. You don't want language and stuff. And you get thrown to the wolves. It's like, man, oh man, that's something. I think that's often, people don't think about it in that way, right? With the with the European players and stuff. And that's that's a tough grind. That's a tough grind for anybody. Let alone, it's all new to you. And you can't speak the language. And your teammates probably don't like you. You know, it's like, poof. But yeah, to to come to persevere from that, and then and to become a legitimate, you know, for a little for a couple of years, top ten guy, like legit top ten guy, that's something, man. Oliwal, that's cool. I haven't, man, yeah, like you said, it's Christoph Oliwal. I haven't thought of that name in a long time. Number two, ah, oh, there you go, Randy McKay. I love me some Randy McKay. Uh, well, not a pure enforcer in a traditional sense of the word. He scored 20-plus goals twice for the Devils. McKay was still good with his fists. He never hesitated to drop the gloves in defense of a teammate, making him a fan favorite. He's number two on the list. Devils' all-time penalty minute list. Uh, was a member of the fabled crash line along with Peluso and Bobby Holik. Um, yeah, man, McKay was awesome. And while speaking of Crowder, imagine that. Uh, when they made that deal... Uh, Randy McKay was the compensation for Detroit, for Detroit getting Troy Crowder. Detroit gave up Randy McKay, an unknown college player, Randy McKay at that point. I think the Wings would probably want that trade back. Um, McKay was, like you said, solid player, uh, tough guy. You know, was he a, you know, was he a top 10 fighter? No. Uh, he wasn't really, I don't think he was that, well, they got 6'2", 210. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like a huge heavyweight enforcer, but fight everybody, and, um, yeah, I, I'd take, I think every, well, every team would take a Randy McKay, and I think, uh, if, if, uh, if you go, if you want to do a deep dive on, uh, on Randy McKay, on Randy McKay's career, I think you'll, uh, go down the YouTube rabbit hole on that, and you'll be, uh, um, pleasantly surprised, I think, is, is probably the term, if you haven't, uh, really looked into a lot of Randy McKay. Um, even now, um, like, I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of you guys listed and stuff. I mean, you're all, you're all nineties guys, right. And whatever, and you're, you know, you can remember, but if you just go back and, uh, 
and and just kind of revisit uh, some of his stuff. Dude was solid, man. Yeah, I'm a big Randy McKay fan. He was awesome. <clears throat> well, and here we go. The, who is the number one enforcer in New Jersey Devil history? According to Carl here. <clears throat> Mike Peluso. Uh, one of only four NHL players to accumulate 400 penalty minutes in a single season. Peluso came to New Jersey in 1993 and became a cult hero with his tough blue-collar style. Remember the crash line uh, that helped New Jersey to its first Stanley Cup in 95. In addition to being recalled as a man who was quick to drop the gloves, he was also forever be remembered for something else. And one of the most enduring images of the pure passion of winning the Stanley Cup, Peluso was overcome with emotion as Game 4 on the 95 Stanley Cup Finals wound down, he was unable to lead the bench as the team celebrated the organization's first cup win. Uh, he ended his career in Calgary in 97-98, registering 1,900 penalty minutes in 458 NHL games. <clears throat> 6-4-225. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always liked Big Mike. Um, you know, when he, well, I know, remember when he first came up in Chicago and it was like him and Grimson and them and um, again, fearless dude, but fight everybody, but his balance, man, his balance was terrible, which is always really surprising to me because he was actually a very solid defenseman in college. And, um, I think playing wise, decent player, um, far better player than I think he gets credit for. Um, you know, got to the NHL, realized what he needed to do to stick and, uh, you know, adapted the enforcer role. Like I said, he's a college guy. Um, but he certainly put up a ton of penalty minutes. But yeah, the first couple of years in Chicago, like I said, definitely willing, but rough, man. He, you know, but he lefty, that big lefty, he'd swing and he'd go down, he'd get up and swing, and go down. And, um, and you know, and I think once he got to Ottawa, when he, I think he really came into his own in Ottawa because, you know, the Senators were so bad back then, expansion team. And, and he came in and, you know, picked up the, uh, you know, had a solid season, uh, 300 minutes, but, I, I thought he did really well in Ottawa and, uh, you know, and of course then he got to New Jersey and just, like they said, that crash line with him and McKay and Holik, they were all, I mean, I'm not, I couldn't stand Bobby Holik, but the dude was solid, man. But what a great line. And, uh, and like I said, Pelusa was a strong enough skater, uh, like playing wise that, you know, he was a real physical down low guy that could get in there and bang and, um, he was solid, man. I mean, you could say whatever you want about Peluso, but, you know, uh, but I was always, like I said, I was always really surprised for as the kind of a, a, you know, the solid defenseman and everything that he was, that I, he would be so lousy balance-wise in fights. It was surprising to me. But, uh, like anything, obviously he improved at it and got better. And, I mean, uh, definitely stayed up on his feet longer in New Jersey and stuff. Um, I don't know. I would, like... You know, he had the mullet, the bad, bad, he looked like he was wearing a salad bowl, he, the freaking Yofa helmet, those, those god awful ugly Spaceballs helmets that, for some reason, him and like Tockett and Rocky Tock, I'm like, oh, three of my, like three guys that I just were like some of my absolute favorites, and they're wearing this freaking salad, it looked like a salad mixer on their head. It's like, come on, boys, we just put on the old CCM and let's go, right? But, uh, yeah, I know, but he had the mullet and the little, and the stash and stuff, and, yeah, I don't know, I was down with Palooza, I know he takes a lot of shit on the message boards, but, uh, hey, I'm down, I'm down, um, 
I know he's having some tough time with life after hockey with the um, with the concussion issues and stuff like that. And I think he's still got a lawsuit pending against the NHL. But um, you know, I hope he uh, uh, could find the help he needs. And and you know, I mean, I obviously I know it's a debilitating injury, and there's not you can always just take a pill and you'll get better. I mean, I know it doesn't work like that, but uh, hopefully he can find some help and uh, you know and and help him out through these tough times. But uh, in terms of playing, man, I mean, I don't know. You could say whatever you want about Peluso, but I, I'm I'm down with Mikey. Yeah, he's all right in my books. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, the top five New Jersey Devils. Um, interesting list. I mean, uh, it's like anything. I mean, I, I mean, I would have probably had. Uh, actually, you know what? I was really surprised they didn't have Danico on there. I, I would have had. I would have taken Stevens out and put Danico on. Um, you know, all time penalty minute leader and stuff. Um, who else? I mean. Um, New Jersey, Cam Jansen, uh, Jim McKenzie, Reed Simpson, um, Odeline, Turner Stevenson, eh, yeah, Turner Stevenson, um, yeah, you could have a few guys, but I think, um, see, I guess with, with Jim McKenzie and stuff, I guess the, they didn't really play there long enough, but, uh, I definitely, I would have had Danico on that list for sure, um, and again, I, I mean, you could flopping flip flop uh, uh, rank uh, order of uh, of the rankings and stuff. Um, you know, I would in terms of toughness and stuff, I would have probably McKay in front of Peluso. Um, you know, but whatever. Fun little list. I I dig those. I do enjoy the list. So uh, I've done. Actually, I don't think it's been a few episodes since I've done one. So there we go. The top five New Jersey Devils. But uh, anyway, guys, it's almost an hour. Um, sorry, I think I got, <clears throat> sorry, I had it on pause there for a second. I, I was telling my wife, I said, a, uh, a, a quick bathroom break. Um, <clears throat> and I was saying to her, um, yeah, I went on a 10 minute rant. I'm not really sure what I said. I didn't, like I said, I, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Every once in a while with some of these episodes, it gets tough when, um, you know, like I said, I, I thought I had a few things planned out that didn't really work out. Um, um, that's on me, uh, you know, uh, in terms of guests. Um, still trying, like I said. Um, I do have a few um, a few guys that I've talked to that, in all honesty, um, I think I'm actually going to wait until the playoffs are over. Um, cause I have noticed over the last couple of years, whenever you do something, especially, and even in podcasting, um, and I might be wrong, but, uh, I think a lot of things get lost when the playoffs are on and, um, and I don't want to have, I, I, I guess I just don't want to have some of them, uh, I just don't want to do a lot of player interviews and have them get lost. Like I know, and I'm not saying anything against Justin Sawyer or Swanee or any of those guys. I had them on because obviously Ice Wars is on, and I want to promote the event and 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 those guys and that type of thing. But um, I think, um, or at least maybe have as the playoffs wear down and like they're not playing every night, and they, we get down to the you know third and fourth rounds. Um, I might do a couple player interviews. Um, I just I just want their story to get out to the biggest audience possible. And, um, and I think actually when the playoffs are done, I think there's sort of a void in the hockey podcasting community. Cause a lot of those shows aren't like on the network and stuff. They're done for the year, you know, until the season starts or until the draft or whatever. 
And so, um, I think the, the content really slows down. And, um, and I think that, that would be a good opportunity, um, for player interviews. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but from looking at lists or watching or reading the analytics, geez, spit out, spit it out, man. I'm just babbling nonsense here. Um, when you look at the analytics over the last couple of years, that seems to be what the trend is. So I think I have a couple interviews that I would like to save for the off season, um, which, you know, really isn't that far away. So, um, but in the meantime, I do have a couple guys that I want to talk to and stuff. So I'm not completely abandoning the interviews or anything like that, but, um, I have a couple cats that I definitely want to save for the off season. So, um, but in the meantime, I'm always trying to get guests. And, uh, like I said, it's been a bit of a grind. The summer gets tough though. Cause I mean, guys got, you know, especially when school's out and they want to get to the lake with the kids and blah, 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 and holidays and all that stuff. So, um, you know, summer might be a little tough, but I think I have a few things up my sleeve anyway. So anyway, guys, uh, it is late here. It's 11 o'clock and, uh, I'm sure the wife is tired of listening to me. <laughs> so I will wrap things up, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And, uh, again, if you're on social media, fourth line voice on Twitter and Facebook, also on YouTube, I have over 2,700 fight videos. Check them out. Fourth line voice on YouTube. And like I said, guys, not just myself, but all the creators out there, um, me to, and I, Hey, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I'm always on YouTube. Um, <coughs> checking out channels and stuff. I want to thank everybody that, cre- that has taken time out and create something. And, um, cause I know what goes into it. And, uh, and I hope, uh, you guys listening, uh, in the future when you're on, not just for my, never mind my show, but for other people's shows. And if you're on a YouTube channel and stuff, um, you know, subscribe to them, rate and review their show. Um, as I always say on here, if you could rate and review my show, it's greatly appreciated because that helps me in the listens that helps Alec in the listens, Joe, anybody's show. That's how they, that's how they do that. Those, those platforms. And, uh, same thing with YouTube. Um, if you subscribe to the channel that helps the channel, uh, grow within the YouTube community. So it's a little thing that you guys can do just by clicking on something and it's a big deal to the creator. And, um, yeah, that's all I ask. And, uh, I think, and I am, I'm as guilty as anybody. Um, I think we could all, it's my little public service announcement, I guess. I think we could all probably do better. Um, in terms, I always, I've always said, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm throwing the guilt on myself as well. Um, we're always quick to criticize, but we're not so, but we're pretty slow to praise and, um, we should reverse that trend, I think. And, um, yeah, I think going forward, um, you know, how about we try to, we strive to do that. There's enough bullshit in this world going on. And, uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, if you enjoy a podcast, I'm not just saying mine. Um, again, never mind. I'm not saying mine. I'm just saying if I know people listen, there's, you know, everybody listens to tons of different things. Uh, whatever podcast you happen to be listening to. Um, like I said, give it a positive review. Hey, and if there's a, a, like a comment or an email or something, fire off an email to the, to the person and, and just tell them. Um, cause I, I know from, from my experience, you just give, even if you get that, that email or that, that direct message in your social media, uh, message box that, Hey man, always enjoy the show. Keep it up. I, I listen or I listened to episode 202 and it was awesome. And, 
Uh, I love the, the the interview with Kevin or with Justin Sawyer, or what have you, or whatever. It's a really good feeling, and um, like I said, you, you get there's enough criticism in the world and everything else, and and uh, if if you drop a line, um, I could I can tell from being on this side of the monitor. Believe me, it's greatly appreciated. And uh, like I said, just a positive here and there because. I said every once in a while when you hit the, hit record on this and you're talking, you you sometimes wonder if, if anyone's listening or if it's registering with with anybody. I mean, I guess that's the thing. You know, people are listening, but it's like, is it registering? You know, and uh, you wonder. But uh, anyway, guys, blah 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 blah. I was really yappy today. I don't I don't know. I think I guess I'm gonna I'll I'll apologize right now. I th- I don't know if I I was just unfocused or what my what my deal was tonight. I don't know. I just seemed like it was just, blech. I don't know. Verbal soup. It's just, that. Anyway, <laughs> time to go. I hope everybody, uh, had a good weekend. Like I know you're listening, if you're listening to the Sunday morning, enjoy your Sunday morning coffee. Easy like Sunday morning. If you're listening to this on your commute on Monday, let's attack the work week. Uh, if you're, if, uh, yeah, here we go. All right, guys, thank you very much, and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?